0: Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Good afternoon and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working to improve our financial IQ. Uh, Total Wealth Academy is a mentoring program for people who want to improve their financial IQ, but primarily what we do is we teach people how to use real estate to build a second stream of income. This seems to be the only business model that's working. The idea of saving your way to retirement, somehow saving up $3 million and being able to retire is just very difficult for the average American. It's much easier and much more effective to build a second stream of income. And the wonderful thing about doing that is you can do it at any age. You don't have to wait till you're old to do it. You can do it now. I've seen 20-year-olds with 80, dollars $100,000 a month in passive income, second stream of income. So it can be done at any age. The sooner you start, of course, the better. And that's what we're going to focus on today's show is getting into action, getting yourself to take action. Over the last couple of weeks, I guess it's probably been a month the way time flies, what I've been doing is studying human performance and human psychology and trying to find out why, find a way to teach people how to get themselves to take action. One of the things that I originally thought was that taking action was probably a function of intelligence. That the smarter you were, the more likely you would be to take action. Because if you're smart, you realize you've got to do something if you want to change your life. Life's not going to change for you. The world's not going to change for you. The government's not going to change for you. And again, I thought intelligence would be a major factor. But what I found, because one of the articles I read asked me to think about this, one of the articles said, think deeply. Don't you know some highly intelligent people that are doing nothing with their life? And I had to go, wait a second. Yes. I know a lot of extremely brilliant people who are living paycheck to paycheck, doing nothing with their life but going to a job. And I know some, and this is said with respect, and I don't want any of my members thinking I'm talking about them. Um, I consider myself to be of average intellect. I see people with average intellect that are taking action every day, changing their lives every day. So it blew the idea that intelligence was a major factor. It blew that out of the water just with that simple exercise. I know tons of brilliant people that will retire broke, will waste their lives, won't have the romance they want, you know, will be overweight. It's brilliant people literally wasting their lives. So, among the articles I read, I watched several, several hours, who knows, the way time adds up, it may have been 10 hours or more, of videos online on getting into action, everything from TED Talks to Tony Robbins, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, and what I tried to do was sift out what each of them said that was in common. Meaning, if one person said something and the other ten didn't, that didn't make it onto the list I'm about to share with you because only one of them said it. But anything that was consistent among almost every video and I have to give some, some credit to Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said this 50 years ago. Everything I'm about to share with you, he happened to have said 50 years ago. You know, so this is nothing new or secret. Um, it's sad that you don't know it if you don't know it. But you got to understand that's your fault for not reading, studying, and so on. But what I came up with was a group of about eight things. I cut it back down to six because the other two kind of fit into the six. And I'll explain those when I come to it if I remember. But these six points, if you use them, every psychologist that I read, Every self-help guru, every coach, every leader and thought leader that I read had these points when they were teaching people how to take action. Now, this first one is interesting because they each said it a different way. My favorite, though, comes from Tony Robbins. And what he says is, The first step to taking action, the first step to changing your life, is to stop shooting on yourself. (laughs) And see, to me, that's very memorable. Um, Stop shooting on yourself. You should do this. You should lose weight. You should quit smoking. You should be be nicer to your spouse. You should make love more often. You should get into shape. You should build some wealth. What they all agree with is that the word should is not an action-taking word. It's more of an excuse. Yeah, I know. I should lose this 50 pounds. Yeah, no, I should build a second stream of income. There's no energy behind it. There's no impulse to take action. What they all, the word that they used almost consistently through all of them was the word must. Only when your shoulds become a must will you take action. In other words, I must lose this 50 pounds. I must quit smoking. I must improve my relationship with my spouse. I must start building wealth. Do you sense the difference when I say it that way? It's You can sense it. There's a difference between the word should and the word must. So step one is stop shoulding on yourself and change should to must. Only then will these other five points align to get you to take action. And we'll talk about those other five points when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, and we're going through these six things you need aligned in your life to really get yourself to take action. And the first one is pretty easy to remember because it's kind of funny. It's you got to stop shooting on yourself. It's you must change the word should in your life to must. Should is not an action taking word. It's a cop-out. It's the beginning of a series of excuses, however you want to put it. The second thing is you, you must have, there's no other word for it, a burning desire for what you're trying to achieve. Every single one, without exception, brings up this point. These were psychiatrists, self-help, and so on. You've got to have a burning desire. See, if you just, yeah, yeah, I sort of want to lose 50 pounds. Okay, but you're dying of obesity. It's a pretty much, yeah, and here's that word again. I probably should lose the weight. No, bro, you're going to die from the side effects of this. <laughs> it's not a should, it's a must. Or you'll die, you know, whatever. You may choose to die. You know, we all choose how we die. Um, Some people choose obesity. Some people choose cigarette smoking. Some people choose, choose abusing drugs or alcohol. And then some people choose to die of old age. They don't have any fun in life. They don't do anything and end up pooping on themselves and forgetting their kids' names. And yeah, that one's not for me. Don't want to die of old age. That's why I've chosen the alcohol route. <laughs> but anyway, um, you've got to have a burning desire. Understand this is your why or purpose. Your why or purpose. The best book I've ever read to understand how powerful a why is, is written by Dr. Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel. The name of the book is Man's Search for Meaning. You can get it audio or um, paperback, hardcover, whatever. It's gut-wrenching. I believe you will probably cry male, female, tough guy, tough girl. Don't care. You're going to cry when you read this book. So just have some tissue by, by you. But what he talked about talks about in the book is when he was in Auschwitz and he was being tortured he was looking around and some strong people survive some strong people don't some weak people survive some weak people don't men women boom boom there was no consistency to any of it he couldn't figure out why some people were dying and some people were surviving. Until he was on the torture table and he was having these experiments done on him. And he came to the realization that what separated the strong, the weak, the male, the female, the whatever, from dying or living was their why. He couldn't even understand why he was surviving when he had been picked out for these ignoble experiments, these horrible, painful, torturous experiments. Why was he surviving? And it was because he had a why. His why was that he wanted to survive so that he could become a professor at universities, and teach kids and adults about the Holocaust so it would never happen again. That was his why. That was his purpose. And he survived because he had a big enough why. The conclusion he came to is that you can handle any what if you have a big enough why. If I say to you, do you want to build a second stream of income and you say yes to me, what am I going to ask you next? Why? And I can tell by your answer whether you're going to do it or not. I can tell in an instant. If there's not a big enough why. Such as, if somebody says to me, well, I'll be making a lot more money. That's not a good why. It's not going to work. Unless you're just a greedy, snidely whiplash and money's all that means anything to you. But if you're a normal human being, money is not enough reason to do it. Your why, when I hear people say, I need to spend more time with my spouse or I'm going to lose her. I need to spend more time with my kids. I'm having trouble with my son. I need more time for this. I need more time for that. Those are big enough whys to get you to take action. Just the money, not going to do it. You better have a bigger why than just money. So the first two are change your shoulds to musts. Number two, you must have a burning desire. You must have a big enough why. And understand that with no matter what's happening, if you've got a big enough why, you can handle it. The third one that was consistent in most, almost every one of the psychologists Use this, and most of the self-help gurus did as well. Number three is you must have leverage on yourself. This is basically your motivation. It is beyond why. Why is always a positive result. Leverage can be positive or negative. Example, you come home from work, pop up with a cigarette box, pull a cigarette out, put it in your mouth, and your wife pulls out a gun and says, light that cigarette, and I'm going to blow your freaking head off. That's leverage, baby. (laughs) You're not going to light that cigarette unless you got a death wish. She's got leverage on you. Now, that's an extreme example, but what if, same circumstance, you're about to light that cigarette and your granddaughter walks in and she's in tears and she says, Grandpa, I don't want you to die. You know what she's talking about. Chances are that type of leverage is going to help you quit smoking. There are all types of leverage. But the, what you must understand is that pain, as a rule, will motivate you three times as much as pleasure will. In other words, you'll do three times as much to avoid pain as you will to gain pleasure. Um, once you realize and accept that, and that you can study that if that's tough for you to believe, go Google it till you find it. You'll find multiple, multiple psycho- psychologists, psychiatrists. I'm not sure what they are. Which one I'm term I'm supposed to use? Who explain that? My favorite, of course, comes from Tony Robbins. But you'll do three times as much to avoid pain as you will to gain pleasure. Um, one of the simplest examples is. If I say there's a dangerous creek and on the other side is something you want, and I say, go get it, you know, it could be maybe you're starving to death, you know, and it's a plate of food. That is nowhere near as motivating as if I set fire to the other side the side we're on. And we've got a choice, burn up or jump the creek. Does it make sense that you're going to do more, you're more likely to jump the creek for fear of pain than you were to jump the creek for the pleasure of getting the food? Now, that's a really oversimplification of it. Um, If it doesn't make sense to you, don't take my word for it. Get on the web, study it, and you're going to find out that there's a lot of truth to it. So you want to get leverage on yourself. For me, recently, this is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm admitting to this. I got addicted to vaping. And the interesting thing about it was that it didn't make me feel good. In fact, it made me tired. I felt myself not accomplishing my goals. I would vape and want to take a nap. I would vape, I'd want to lay down. I'd vape, I'd want to watch TV. I didn't want to do anything. It's very, very weird. And I kept doing it. Finally, after thinking about it and literally meditating on it, a little over a week ago, I woke up feeling great and vaped, and immediately I wanted to go back and lay down. That feeling made me sick to my stomach, that I was so out of control of my life that I couldn't get myself to quit, that I quit. So, Leverage comes in many, many different forms. But you've got to have leverage on yourself. There's got to be a reward or something you're going to get for taking action. Okay, we'll talk more after the break on this subject here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. I'm your host Steve Davis, where we're talking about these six steps to getting yourself to take action. Now, there were a lot of others, huh? I guess I wouldn't say a lot, three or four others, you know, that different ones had, but they just didn't seem to be consistent across all of the articles and all of the videos, so I didn't include them. But if you do your research and you spend an hour, you know, looking at some TED Talks on getting into action, looking at some other uh, gurus' videos on getting into action, you'll come across them. The fourth one is, and this is, it goes without saying, but it was amazing to me that some of them didn't include this. Number four is you must have an effective strategy. Example if you start running east looking for the sunset are you going to be successful? No, you're going to fail miserably. Sunsets in the West. You have to be doing something that can take you to your goal. If you if your sole source of income is a job and you make less than a quarter million a year, is that ever going to get you wealthy? No. It's not. You have to admit that. You have to be doing something. In my Saturday class, I call it giving yourself permission to succeed. Give yourself permission to succeed by ensuring that you're in a vehicle that can take you where you want to go. Most of you are in jobs, 100 grand a year or less, You're never going to retire. It's just not going to happen. 95% of you do not retire because you're in the wrong vehicle. How many people here would like to drive to England? Well, you forgot something. There are no roads to England. It's an island. You need a jet or you need a boat. But most of you are in your cars driving to England. You're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. You better get in a jet. You better get on a boat if you want to make it to England. So having an effective strategy is, I think the reason it's not in every one is because this is more of a ensuring that you can achieve your goal point, but I think it has to be in there because what if you just go work harder at your job? It's not going to work. You can't work harder at something that doesn't work. You know, you can't keep adding mayonnaise to chicken poop expecting it to become chicken salad. No matter how much mayonnaise you add to chicken poop, it's never going to be chicken salad. So, you've got to have an effective strategy. Real estate accounts for 70% of the millionaires in the United States. It is the most effective strategy. Number five, and I preach this all the time, you got to have clearly defined outcome or goal that you're striving for. You have to know exactly what you're trying to achieve. How many of you know exactly what you want out of life? You know exactly the income. Can you say it right now? What income do you want every month? Most people cannot. How many times a week do you want to make love? You can't answer that, can you? You never thought about it. How much vacation time do you want per year? How many different countries do you want to see? How, you can't answer those questions. You don't even know what you want out of life. And you think somehow you're gonna achieve it? Doesn't really make sense, does it? You've got to have your goals clearly written down. You've got to know the outcome you're trying to achieve or your brain just won't take action. It's not your brain's pretty darn smart. It's gonna go, why why I don't even know where we're going. Why try? And it's gonna paralyze you. You're gonna stagnate. You need to write this stuff down. You know, an easy an easy one I can make a recommendation on is your wealth. Remember, your career and wealth are two different things. Career is your job. Your wealth is your second stream of income. Here's the goal I want my second stream of income to be double what I earn. If you earn 100 grand a year, then make sure that your second stream of income is 200 grand a year. Now you've at least got something to shoot for. I'm not saying limit yourself to that. Some of you are laughing at me, going, Steve, that's not my goal. I want a million a year. I love you. Because you know what, you're going to goof up, fail, and make eight hundred grand a year, but these people that are setting their goals for a hundred are going to fail and make sixty grand a year. Set those goals high, raise your expectations. Now, this sixth one is very. It almost. I'm almost thinking of switching it to number one. But number six is you must have the necessary energy and be in a peak physical state. What we're talking about, building a second stream of income, requires hard work and dedication. It's not easy, which is why you must have a burning desire. It's not easy. But some of you have let yourself get so out of shape that you're literally tired at the end of a nine-hour workday. You brag about it. Oh, I worked hard today. I'm pooped. No, you're a physical puke. You're out of shape. You're not exercising. You know, most people, what they call aging is literally lack of activity. Like when you see a 60 or 70-year-old with slumped over shoulders, using a walker, can't... They did that to themselves in most cases. Most. They didn't exercise. Muscle tissue atrophies if you don't use it. And there are 84-year-old men who are bench pressing 400 plus pounds. That's more than double their body weight. That's competitive weights. They could compete at those levels. There's 80 year old women with abs. Not walkers, abs. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I'm getting older. You don't. No, you're not. You're just flipping lazy, and you're not taking care of yourself. You're not loving yourself. You're not loving your family. Make sure that you are keeping your energy levels up, or you're not going to be able to do this. You've got to take care of yourself, and physical state is not just physical condition; it's mental as well. You've got to be in a peak state of mind. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to feel good about yourself. You've got to feel good about the future. You have to have hope. Or none of this works. So there are the six. Let's let's review them real quick. And then I'll start answering these emails. Number one, you've got to stop shoulding on yourself. Turn your shoulds into musts. Number two, you must have a burning desire. This is where you cultivate your why or purpose. Number three, got to get leverage on yourself. This is your motivation. Use negativity, use pain, use fear sparingly, and then use pleasure, hope to motivate yourself. Number four, you got to have an effective strategy. Make sure you're not just dependent on a job. That strategy doesn't work. Five, you must have clearly defined outcome and written down goals that you're striving for. And six, you must have the necessary energy and the peak physical state of mind. Those two go hand in hand, mind and body. All right, when we come back from the break, I'll answer your questions at 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. The phone lines are now open. If you've got a question for me, please give me a call. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. Or feel free to email me. It's Steve at Ask Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Okay, um, let me see. This email has a business name. Let me see if there's a name. Uh, I'm going to keep this anonymous. It's basically a question about motivation and what motivated me. You have to remember my story. I always wanted to be a millionaire from the time I was old enough to even know what a millionaire was. Okay, so I always had that burning desire. I always thought that everybody wanted to be a millionaire, but it was amazing. I met people who thought that money was evil. Um, You know, I had some idiot, for lack of a better phrase, tell me um, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel to get through the eye of a needle poor guy didn't realize that the eye of a needle is a type of doorway in the middle east and all the camel has to do is duck um but it was just unbelievable so part of my motivation was i always wanted to be a millionaire i always wanted to drive ferraris i always wanted to be able to do what i wanted when i wanted where i wanted with whom i wanted but I walked into my job one day, which I thought was my path to wealth, you know, like everybody unfortunately thinks that, and they cut my pay by 20 grand a year after winning a national sales contest. So it woke me up that nothing about having a job was the right vehicle. I was using the wrong strategy to get wealthy. I wanted to be wealthy, but I was in the wrong vehicle. Another major motivating factor was my wife got pregnant right about that time. And I knew that if I didn't do something, I'd still be working 70 hours a week. And people get offended by this, but it is true. If you're working 70 hours a week, who's raising your kids? It ain't you who's romancing your wife. It ain't you, you're never around. I was never around. I almost lost my wife. So I had major motivating factors. I was in pain from losing my wife, I was in pain from the pay cut, I was in pain because I knew I wouldn't be able to raise my own kids unless I got out of this job. Um, But I also had a lot of positivity motivating me as well, such as I wanted to spend more time and rescue my marriage. I wanted to spend time with my kids and raise them myself. I wanted all the parts of a balanced life because I'd been introduced to that concept by Deepak Chopra, Stephen Covey, several others, and I had figured out that life wasn't about money. It was about time. Money's just a tool to give you the time to do what you want to do, as I said, when, where, with who, and so on. So when you look at my motivation, it was really a combination of negativity and positivity, a combination of pain and pleasure, and I suggest you use that as well. Find what you don't like in your life and focus on it. Make it painful. Make it something you'll do anything to get away from. Look at the pleasure. And use that to motivate you to take action as well. So there's just some, I hope that answers your question, Anonymous. Okay, phone lines are open 8 three eight281. Five five eight K S E V, or email me. It's Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. And remember, if you feel like you got a dumb question, send it anyway. Just put anonymous in the subject line. Anonymous in the subject line. Okay, this next question. Is Give me one second. This is having a difficulty opening. From Edward. It's about a... You know, you need a skip tracer, Edward. You know, you're not a... This is a property that's basically abandoned. And he's getting no response from the owner's address on the tax record. The next thing is to do skip tracing, and I use realestateiq.co, realestateiq.co. Don't try to become a private investigator. You're not one. That's a whole nother business. Um, finding missing people, that's a private investigator's job. Let Real Estate IQ do that for you. Okay, next question. Phone lines are open 281-558-5738 281-558-KSEV or email me steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com Okay. Um, Steven, meetups are good but they are they're for the amateurs you know in life as brutal as this is you get what you pay for and nothing more all of these meetups these free videos on youtube bigger pockets all of them are great but there's another level we refer to it as outstanding You need to take yourself seriously, Stephen, and join a real estate investor club like Total Wealth Academy. doesn't have to be Total Wealth Academy, but at least give us a shot. Join a real club. Meetups are full. Oh, I'm going to get some emails on this one. Um, Full of wannabes, time wasters, and people. Stephen, there is literally a group of people out there that just like to go to meetings. That's their thing. They don't want any productivity whatsoever. They literally think the activity of going to these meetings is important. And they're going to waste your dog on top. So be cautious. The way that I use meetups or used would use them is simply to find, build a buyer's list. Not really to get myself educated. Let's see if there's any other question. I have never seen an apartment complex meetup. (laughs) So I don't think you're going to find that. Um, That would not be something that real commercial investors would be interested in that I'm aware of. All right, Stephen, don't get discouraged, but take yourself a little more seriously. Open that wallet. Join a real real estate investor club where you get support, you get a mentor, and so on. All right, phone lines are open, 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. This is from Josh, and it's an unusual question in that he's asking if Greenville, South Carolina, is going to blow up similar to Austin the problem josh is this is a speculative question you may have a lot of implications that it's going to you may have a lot of similarities between what happened to Austin before it blew up that are happening that is happening in Greenville South Carolina but that doesn't mean it's going to react the same way so If you're asking, should you buy in Greenville, South Carolina, yes, but not like a speculator where you're hoping it's going to go up in value majorly. You need to buy your properties in South Carolina, in Greenville, just like you would anywhere. Make sure that they cash flow, Josh. Make sure you got that 15%, 20% cash on cash rate of return on every deal that you do. And what will happen is if South Carolina does blow up like Austin did, and it very well might, you get that by default. But make sure you're not buying your properties at full price, hoping for them to go up in value. So hope that makes sense, Josh. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your day.